That's the JJ Weeks band with choices. I'm Victory 91.5. Before that, we heard Pat Barrett with Build My Life and in Life Church Worship. And we've been adding so many new songs yeah. to our playlist. I'm constantly like, who is this artist? Because they're brand new. I've never heard of them. And then you can find out more songs and more about each artist on the More Music app. And this morning, we're talking to our general manager about the event that starts tonight, Second Passover. That's right. It's not a uh, real well-known festival by any means, unless you're hobbits, perhaps, like Second Breakfast, you get Second Passover. <laughs> but it is actually uh, pretty significant for... I think this year, and we talked last month at Passover, the other the word for Passover is Pesach, and this year is 5780 in the Hebrew calendar, which is pay or the mouth, and talked a lot about that last month, so I'm not going to go back and, and rehash a lot of that, but because uh, I'd like to focus in especially on the significance of Second Passover and how it applies to end times. So it's a lot of neat stuff to talk about, but so just from the get-go, Second Passover, since for some of you, it's the first time you've even heard of such a thing. So it's a do-over for people who couldn't observe Passover when it happened 30 days ago. God created it for those who were unclean due to touching a dead body or for those on a journey that kept them away from the temple on the date of Passover. And so that was something that happened the second year they were leaving Egypt. They had been at Mount Sinai, and it was time to celebrate the Passover again. And so this is when this happened. But turns out its significance reaches back further, as all the festivals do, and they still reach to today with us. So... I think it's important this year with the coronavirus, the quarantines, and everybody out of their normal world because, you know, we've all dealt with some sort of death, and we're all on some kind of different journey. For that reason, some of you, um, many of us had Passover last month. Uh, some of had these virtual Passovers on Zoom and stuff, and we had it at our house. We didn't get to have the big one that we were hoping to with all of you. But uh, if you, by chance, didn't get to celebrate Passover, this is that opportunity. God says, here you go. Here's your uh Here's your do-over. If you had a Passover Seder last month, you don't need to repeat it. It's not like that. But it's definitely today, tonight, all the way through Saturday night. It's a good time to pause and consider what God has to say to you in this moment. Passover is so important. Of all the seven feasts of the Lord that run from spring to fall, it's the only one that has an automatic makeup date. Isn't that amazing? You have to ask the question, why? You know, it's so important. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, which includes Passover and the Feast of First Fruits, is all about our salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus, who, of course, was crucified as the Passover lamb on Passover 2,000 years ago. So all of this is not just a random way of going back and rehashing things of the Old Testament, something that God has called us to do. So, of course... Passover 2,000 years ago, three days later, on First Fruits, becomes Resurrection Day. And from that point, of course, uh, as a Jewish person, they were working their way towards the next feast, which is called the Feast of Weeks. It's called that because, get this, you literally count seven weeks. So it's the Feast of Weeks, or counting the Omar, or the days. And it happens to be 50 days, and you arrive at what became called Pentecost, which is the Greek word for 50. That's all that means. So most of us know Pentecost because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? So 
up until Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit that year, it was very much a harvest festival. But when he died and rose again, that Pentecost, the church was birthed when he poured out the Holy Spirit. And it was a deposit or a seal of what is to come for believers. I want you to think through a lot of these realities because that's why we're having this conversation. There's always more than meets the eye when it comes to these feasts. If you look just a little deeper, we're called the Bride of Christ by Jesus. And we're waiting for our groom. Every young lady can, can understand that. Every married woman can remember that. So we're waiting for him to come and get us and for the wedding supper in heaven, which happens to be the Passover meal. So it's the season of your, your marriage, too. So there's physical things going on down here on earth, which relate to spiritual things that are going on right now in heaven. And spiritually speaking, Passover, in a wedding sort of way, is our betrothal to Jesus. It's the first, will you marry me? Pentecost is basically the wedding ring he gives you. It represents the actual wedding day in heaven, but on earth, it's just the ring. So these 50 days between Passover and Pentecost, we're at number 30 right now, represent... If, if this is us and Jesus in, in the end, this is the end times, right? This this period here, this 50 days in terms of the feast. So it's called a shadow or a type or a picture. So if this is correct, sometime between these two feasts, we just celebrated Passover, getting ready for Pentecost in two weeks. Sometime between these two feasts should be when the groom comes back to get his bride, which we call the rapture. All right. So a feast halfway between Passover and Pentecost, which is what we're doing right now, would be very significant to the end times. And that feast would be pretty important to instructing us how to live in the last days. And this little known and rarely observed feast is called Second Passover. And it is a bit of a forgotten feast because unlike every other feast, it isn't for everyone to observe. It's just a do-over for those who missed out on observing Passover on the regular date. And if by chance, when we talk about the rapture and we think it's here, well, you may be thinking of Matthew 24 and tells us about the rapture, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. Well, I really believe anytime we talk about end times, humility ought to be just the, the most important thing, really, because it's the core of the conversation. Everybody's got opinions, two or three opinions, but nobody really knows the exact details for sure. But here's my observation, just for what it's worth. What's interesting about Pentecost is it doesn't have a designated day of the month when it occurs, which every other feast day has, which is why you have to count the Omer day by day from the Feast of First Fruits till you know when that 50 day is up and you can celebrate Pentecost. It's not on the calendar. So every year you can accurately say of Pentecost, the day and the hour, no one knows. So it turns out that's just a, a language that's actually helps you even maybe pinpoint it a little better. On the fourth day of creation, here's what God said. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons. That's how we translate that word, but that's not the right word. It's appointed times. It's moed or moedim, in fact, because it's plural. And for days and years, so signs, seasons, days and years. But in fact, what it's really about is these appointed feasts. That's why the sun, the moon, the stars are there in the first place. God has a plan and his plan always happens on appointed times or feast days. And if you wonder, a lot of times we'll say, you know, Jesus has uh, fulfilled these spring feasts. 
of Passover and the Pentecost and also we're waiting for the fall. And we say that in a general sort of way, but in, in fact, it's probably not the most accurate way to say it. In fact, it's not accurate, but because Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit on Hanukkah in the winter. As an adult, he did miracles at the Festival of Lights. He was, the which is Hanukkah. He was born on Rosh Hashanah in the fall. He walked here 33 years, tabernacling with us, so he fulfilled Sukkot. On Purim, Jesus announced for the first time that he was, in fact, God, and the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Messiah, the Deliverer. He healed the lame man at the pool of Bethesda on Purim. He died on Passover. He rose on first fruits, walked with his disciples during this 50-day season of the Omar. He ascended at 40 days and then poured out the Holy Spirit 10 days later. He sits on the throne today as the Passover lamb. He greeted John wearing the garbs of the high priest that they wore on the Day of Atonement. The second coming, the tribulation, the rapture, the judgment, our wedding, everything else he does in eternity will continue to connect to these feasts. And that, ultimately, is why I take the time to come and share and help you connect to each feast so you are prepared for your future. I love that reminder that second Passover is about second chances. Yes. If you've never heard of it, yeah. that's what it's all about. And who doesn't want a second chance? Coming up, we're going to talk some more about this. I see Waymaker from the McClure's live mm -hmm. at Bethel after we hear a word from our morning show partners. It was 1962.